So if you have your Bibles, we'll go to the book of Judges, chapter 7, verses 1 through 7 tonight. As we stand tonight, Judges, chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. Judges chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. If you're there, say amen. 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 Verse 1 says, Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give to the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down under the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people under the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself, likewise every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go to every man, go every man unto his place. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you sure have been good to us. And um, thank you for these days, Lord, that we've been able to have. Lord, you've refreshed my heart. Lord, um, you've restored some things in my life, Lord, that, um, Lord, just the last six weeks, Lord, have just been uh, missing on some things, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for this time. Lord, I pray, God, that tonight, Lord, you speak. Lord, there might be a preacher here tonight, Lord, that they haven't felt your touch in a while. And God, I pray that your hand will be upon them tonight, Lord, that they'll know you love them. Lord, there might be a family here tonight. The Lord hadn't, hadn't really experienced your presence before. Now, God, I pray that you make it real to them tonight. Lord, there might be a young person here, Lord, that's never had a, a landmark that they can be able to run back to, Lord, in hard times. God, I pray that this week will be that for them. Lord, that they'll be able to come back to this week, Lord, and um, be able to say, Lord, this is when you spoke to my heart, Lord. This is when I gave my life to you. Lord, I pray, God, that you grant that tonight. You give that to some young person this week. Lord, I pray, God, if you will to be done here, Lord, I pray that you touch me tonight. Lord, I'm in desperate need of you, Lord. Being fearful of the Lord today. God, and I pray that you, you help. We, Lord, we love you and trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I, I preached this um, maybe a couple of years ago at our church, and um, I, don't, I don't have anything new. And um, I, I joked with Bud Jeremy. He said, you can find messages. And I went to AaronJet.com. 
I said, I'll be preaching on weird people. Um, I said, and my name, my picture is right out beside the message. And he told me, he said, mine is too. So, and um, yours might be too. So just go on AaronJet.com and pull up weird people. God uses weird people and you might find yourself there. No, I love, I love the family. The Lord is, is, is speaking to Gideon here. And um, they're, they're at war with the Midianites. And, and God, God wants to do something. But God has an interesting way that he wants to do things. Yes. And you have to understand that in your life. That when God wants to do something, it's not going to be your way. It's not going to be how you want it done. It's, and I'm saying all these things because I need to hear it. It's not going to be when you want it done. Yes, sir. I wanted to come out here in August of 19. We, we had our tickets booked. We had everything lined up. We had transportation to the airport. And about within um, maybe two weeks, all that got just thrown to a brick wall. Felt like it got shattered all to pieces. And I had to call Brother James Ruckman because he was the one helping them and had to have a long conversation with them. And I, I thought everything was done. I thought the church was going to shut down. I thought that I'd never get to go. And I'll be honest with you, I was absolutely devastated. I was devastated over the trouble that we faced. I was devastated over the will of God for my life. And then he, he poloed me that Wednesday. He said, brother, they want, I, could, I could mock him. So, brother, you want, they want to ask you something. His son's going to kill me for this. But he said, um, they want to know if you'll be willing to FaceTime them since you can't come. And I thought, I, I, back of my mind, brother Jeremy, I was thinking, they don't want to have nothing to do with me. We had a flight booked. They was going to cover a flight. And we, I felt like it was ripping the trail. I mean, I was just devastated. And he asked me that. I said, man, I'd love to Listen to me, God's, God's will is not, not your time frame. God's will is not going to be how you think it's going to work. God's will is his will. God's, God's way is his way. It's not yours. I, I'd love, uh, um, I, I think it was me and Brother Wade, he said, was you like this when you had sight, just eager to go? I said, no, I was really very complacent when I had sight. And he said something I ain't never thought about. He said, if God didn't take your eyesight, then you probably would never come then, would you? And I was like, you know, I probably would never been trying to achieve anything if I still had eyesight. It's my thought. I, I can't, can't prove it, you know. But God's will is God's way. And you got to understand that. And I meant to say this from the beginning, so I'm going to tell you this story then we'll jump back in the message. Um, back in 2009, I was listening to, um, y'all forgive me, sports talk radio. And it was the Summer Olympics. And um, they was going to be running track that day. And there was a young man from the country of Jamaica that I was wanting to listen to them commentate on his run. And um, so they had it, and you could hear the pop when they sounded that thing and all you heard the guys on the radio going, wow, he's gliding. 
Don't even look like he's even running. It's effortless. And Usain Bolt broke the record that day. Just basically shattered it. And when you pull up the history books, it will tell you, I pulled it up, it'll tell you the date that he did it, and he'll tell you the time that he said on there. But one thing history will not tell you, and when I was listening to him on the radio, they, they asked the question, did he let up? Did he just let up at the end of it? It looks like he didn't even run as hard when he got near the end. Well, listen, he shattered the record, though. And, and history can only tell you what he did, but it'll never be able to tell you what he could have done. That's good. Yeah. And I want to tell you, history is only going to tell us what I have done. The judgment seat of Christ will reveal what I could have done. The history will only say what you have done in your life here on this earth, but the judgment seat will reveal what you could have done. And I think there's a lot of people in our churches, they're like Usain Bolt. They, they have done something very successful, but they have led up when they got to the end. That, that history will not ever tell what they could have accomplished, but the judgment seat of Christ, when we stand before God, that's going to get revealed one day. Amen. And I'm going to be honest with you, that frightens me. That I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm going to look at what I could have accomplished while I am boasting about what I have done. And see, that's why Jeremiah, or not Jeremiah, that's why Gideon, God told Gideon, I want you to reduce the number that they have in their army. There's way too many people. There's 32,000 of them, and they're going to vaunt because if, if, they, if they get successful in this battle, then they're going to brag on themselves. Y'all know we're bad at that. I've accomplished this. I'm gonna be honest. With you. It, I, I, I talked to brother Sammy Allen. He is a he would be a legend in the in the southeast. He come from Georgia, and he was about eighty at that at this time. And I I, I asked him. I said, preacher, I said, I, I don't, I'm not going to ask you how you became big. That ain't, that's not what I'm interested in. How'd you make it this long and you not quit? And I, I'll never forget his words. It's a miracle. He, he didn't tell me those four steps to it. He didn't tell me there's a program to follow. He said it's just a miracle. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's a miracle that I got to come up here. Knowing, knowing what we went through to get here, it's absolutely a miracle. And, and, and the fact that three years and two months and... Lord willing, I think if I make it maybe to the end of this month or next month, I'll probably be the longest pastor they've ever had. It's nothing of myself. I have the word vaunt means to basically glorify or to, to boast or to brag upon. And I have, listen to me, I've got absolutely nothing tonight that I can boast in my own self. I, I don't, just be honest, y'all, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing. I hope it's all right to let y'all know that. Our church has figured it out. I have no clue what I'm doing. And they saw me in there, they think that they know better than me, so they're trying to tell me. And I'm like, well, no, God's going to tell me what to do, not you. You're not God. And he's not going to tell you what to do. He's going to let me know. But if I went in it thinking I know, if I know what I'm doing, listen, you know what I'd do? I'd vaunt. 
I'd brag about it. I'd boast about it like I, I've done something. Listen to me, shame on us if there's every victory in our life and we think we, we're the one who did it. Shame on me if anything good comes of my life and I think that I'm the one who accomplished that. Shame on a church that if anything comes about and it's, and it's, and it's for God's glory that we want to take the credit for it. The only person I have found in the Bible that, that said anything that I'd like to follow is that Jesus, when he was praying in John 17, he said, give me thy glory. And he is the only one that is deserving of the glory of God because he is God. That's the deity of God, that he is to be glorified. Listen to me. I am to give him the glory. The children of Israel is to give God the glory and but God knew if they went into battle with 32,000 people that they would rob God of his glory they would rob him of, of everything of his of giving him the praise and they would take the full credit of it and God said no you reduce them I'm be honest this is what I found out in our life every time missions conference come up and it's time for faith promise my wife hours dropped at work and I'm thinking why are you taking away from us when it's time for us to start giving it's for God to get the glory out of what he was going to do I mean how can you say okay I'm going to get glory out of this because God you took more money from us and we're going to try to give more there's no glory in that for me there's no glory in that for you, for God to take less, take from you, and then you do more. That's, see, only God can get glory out of those things. And, and he'll do that in a church. I, I've seen, I, I'm just, man, I'm just probably too personal tonight. Y'all know when we bought our churches after we lost the family? It, it was after we got cut in half. It was when my heart was absolutely broke. I mean, I, when the men of the church, when that family left, they just kind of come up and grab me and said, you better not leave us. And I was like, brother, I've got nowhere to go. We don't have a home. This is the only place we have. I think that'd be good for all missionaries when they leave the field, when they leave their home and they go to the field, sell everything they got so they got nothing to run back to. They're leaving the field because they got somewhere to go. Get, get rid of it and they got nowhere to go except live where God's going to put you at. And so that's what we, you know, we didn't sell it. It was my mom's and our sons were living there and I'm not living with them. They married. <laughs> but listen to me, God didn't more with less and God will do that in your life and so he told him he said I want you to get rid of some of them and we'll get back to this in a minute but 22,000 people left and dropped them down to 10,000 then God told me so I want you to take them down to the water and let, let me just give a like I think brother um, Ortiz put a nap in this room he said an ad this morning God didn't tell the people, he told his man. God's not going to tell you, he's going to tell his man which direction the church goes. And please understand that. He's not going to, he's not going to fill you in and clue you in. He's going to lead, tell his pastor, and then the pastor will tell the church what direction the church goes. He, the, to, the, to the home, he'll tell the husband. He won't tell nobody else. He, he will help the wife understand the will of God that, that when he goes, she'll know then that she's, he's already prepared her heart. But he's not going to tell anybody but the husband. But he does, he does help those wives when it comes to ministry things. But he, that's how he works. He told me, he said, take them down to the water. 
And he said that when they, when they lap like a dog, set those to the side. But Jeremy, this is where I told you I'm going to preach on God uses weird people from AaronJet.com. <laughs> those who lapped like a, I'm going to be honest with you, I ain't doing it. Hope it's all right to say that. I'm not going to do that. I've done some crazy things in my life. But I cannot see me trying to lap like a dog to get water. But that's who God used. I want you to chew on that for a little bit. When, he used David, not, not the ones that were strutting around like, oh, we're something. Yeah. He used King David, a little runt. Mm-hmm. He used Paul. I read it was 4 6, 4 7. I'd like to have heard that argument that he had. It wouldn't have been, you shouldn't have done that. It would have been, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, midgets don't have deep voices. Y'all know that. Well, that, that kills our society. Well, you got to have a thundering voice to preach. Tell that to the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Tell that to John. I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine John thundering it out. I'd imagine John just just speaking from a sincere heart. I could see Peter doing it. You know, if he could get his foot out of his mouth, he sure would have done it then. (laughs) But I want you to notice this. God does not make mistakes. And he used somebody that lapped with their tongue. Don't think that you can't serve God. Don't think that God made a mistake when he created you and he cannot use you. He knew what he was doing when he created you. He knew what he was doing when he formed you and he has a plan, he has a purpose for your life and you're created for that purpose. You're not created to do something else. Stop thinking that you want to do other things besides the will of God for your life and you do what God has created you to do. Listen, I struggled with that. I can remember when I was like, well, I'm blind, I can't be a pastor. I'm blind, I can't go overseas. The only thing I can do is be an evangelist because they just get to travel and eat all the time and I like to do both of them. So this is the only thing I can do. And then nobody would call me. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I ain't supposed to preach then. No, God called me to preach. So I talked to my pastor. It's not the one we have right now. It was the one where we first got to the church. She was there about a year before um, he left when we first got there. I said, preacher, I'm struggling over this. And he asked me something. I've never forgotten. And I want y'all to listen to this. He said, don't you think God knew you was blind when he called you to preach? Amen. Yeah. Now, how foolish am I not to think that? I mean, I'm the one who's the blind person. Well, I mean, I know I was blind when he called me to preach. How did I not see that? Never mind. That ain't good. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. That was not, that was not correct. But listen to me. God, God knew what he was doing. And God knows what he's doing in your life. And you just don't want to trust him because it's not what you want. And it's not how you want. And it's not the way you want. But God used those that lap like a dog. All he wants you to do is be willing to do what he wants you to do. And when you do that, then he'll do something through you that be far beyond what you can even imagine. And that's all he wants is for you to be willing to be submissive to him. And here he is, he he used 300, not 32,000 and not 10,000. Can I tell you, God can take, he he took, um, he took, well, 11, 12, every which time frame you want to get the number, 
And he turned the world upside down with them. And people think, well, a church of 12 can't do anything. Well, go back in the book of Acts and tell me if you can find that to be scriptural. Right. Uh, go back in the book and find out where you can tell me that anybody who has any form of a problem can't be used by God. Name me one person in the Bible besides Jesus that did not have a problem. Yeah. Right. Uh, listen, we, we don't have time for you to turn through every page because it's not there. Listen to me, God wants to use you tonight. He's not asking you what you can do. He's not asking you what you want to do. He's not asking you what you're willing to do. Those things are up to him. He just wants to know if you're going to be, if you're going to just surrender to him, let him use you. That's all he's interested in is will you listen to me? Will you do it? Will you come to me? Will you allow me to call you? Will you allow me to put my hand upon you and use you? He wants to do that to you young people. He wants to do that in your home. Sir, will you let God use your home tonight? Will you let him put his hand on your home and take your home further than it's ever been and do more than you could ever imagine tonight? Are you just going to sit back and say, well, no, I'm not going to lap like a dog. I'm not, I'm not willing to go that far. I'm not willing to let my kids go to Africa. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going to let my husband say he's going to be a missionary to Papua New Guinea. I ain't going to do that. No, listen to me. God won't, God's got something for you tonight. I mean, you already turned your card in. There ain't really nothing else you can give him but you tonight. That's it. I mean, listen to me. The card's in. We're, we're done with it. The only thing now he wants is you. Are you willing to lap tonight? Are you willing to lap like a dog tonight and say, God, here I am. God, here, here's my children. If you want to call every kid I got to preach and send them to, I, I searched, I, well, I talked to a, uh, somebody, it's called Pickle Lake Canada. It's a real place. Looks like a pickle up and down. It's about north of uh, Minnesota, way up there. Um, the guy told me, he said, you got to take a dirt road about an hour out of town and drive north. And he said, then you'll come into a little community called Pickle Lake Community. And um, I was asking about going up there. Listen, I was willing to go to Maine. I, 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 listen to me, God calls me tonight to leave everything. I'll just come up some here names. LaDuke, Canada. I'll go. Bismarck. Wherever that's at, I'll go. Uh, you know, I'll go. If he calls me to Iran, I mean, they're already threatening, they're threatening Israel right now. Listen to me. Just pack the bags and let's go. If I don't need a bag, I'll just get some clothes and I get there. Uh, yeah. You know, are you willing to do what God wants you to do tonight? Yeah. That's good. That's good. My heart, though, is in verse 30. My heart's in verse 3. Preach, feel my, can you just feel my stare and just read that verse one more time? Now therefore go in, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. But Ortiz, does your Bible say that too? But Jeremy, is your Bible saying that? 
they, they left because they were afraid. Why don't you ponder on that tonight? They were afraid. I'd love to go and ask them, why were you afraid? But I'm going to be honest with you, I can ask that tonight. I want you to hear me tonight. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? God has something for you to do tonight. God, I believe God spoke to you maybe Wednesday night. I believe God spoke Thursday night. And you, you, you turned the card in already. But you didn't do what God said. God's asked more of you, but you're afraid tonight to do that. J just like here you find that the, you know, God's people that Gideon went to him and he said, if any man is fearful, if you're fearful and afraid, then you can leave. And 22,000 of them left. That, there was 32,000 of them, but 22,000 of them said, you know what, I'm scared. We'll, we'll just go ahead and go. That lets me know there's not many that's willing to serve God because they're scared to do it. There's not many that's wanting to go because they're afraid. They're afraid of what might happen. They're afraid that... May, and listen to me, I, I'm, I'm be honest, y'all. I've been there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm afraid of failure. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. When, when that family left us, listen to me, that killed me. But that's all my pride because, it, you know what it did? It just made me think I failed. And listen to me, they didn't leave because of me. They just, when, listen, when people leave church, they leave God. They don't leave the church. They already walked away from God. You're just seeing the evidence of what, of their empty heart toward God. And I had to understand that and I had to come to grips with that. And it ripped my heart out because, you know, that was a fear I had before we come up here. What am I going to do if somebody gets upset and they leave? I'm, I'm going to share some fears y'all had before I got up here. Number one, my wife would fall in the ice and break something. That happened. Yeah. I was afraid that her sugar would get messed up and she'd have to go to the hospital. That happened. I was afraid that somebody would get upset and they'd leave me. That happened. Every fear that I had before I come up here has actually took place and I'm still here. Listen, it ain't about being afraid. It's just about chunking your pride and just going with God. Yes. And, and, and most of the time, people, they refuse to do what God wants them to do because they're scared. When God started calling me to preach in a watch night service of 04, 05, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought God was lost his mind. I hope it's all right to say that. I think, God, you can't use me. I'm blind. Nobody else wants me. I mean, I can't. I can't do, I mean, I started doing the rundown. I, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, and my, uh, my other fears, I was afraid I was going to have to do a funeral. I've done two of them since I've been up here. I was afraid somebody might ask me to marry him. I've got a wedding next year. I'm just saying, all my fears, they just, they have all came true to me. Every one of them. But I ain't got nowhere to run to. And listen to me, that that you, those, just, just be honest tonight, it's excuses. 
You're full of excuses tonight on why you don't think God can use you. You're full of excuses and you're afraid to admit what God is wanting to do in your family. You're afraid to just come to grip that what God is wanting to do with you. And so instead of you giving your life to God, you're going to live that you're going to just live afraid to just commit yourself to God and go let him use you. Because, and one of the main reasons is because you think you know better what's for your life than God does. I'm just being honest with y'all. I, I mean, I thought I had it planned out. I was going to be, um, I, got a, I drew this thing when I was in school. I, we took CE class, career exploration or something, and I was going to be a computer programmer. Had a picture of me, a little stick man. Well, I'm beyond a stick now. Um, I had a tree, tree man. I'm, I'm kind of big, so... Is a tree man sitting in front of a computer because I was like, that's what I'm going to be. I sit in front of a computer, but I'm studying my Bible now. I was going to be a fireman. God took my sight. It's going to be a lot of things. God knows what's best, though. I want you to understand something tonight. There's these 300, God told Gideon, these will be the ones that's going to save you from this. There's things that only you can do. There's there's people that only you can reach. Listen to me. There's people that I cannot reach, but my wife can. There's people that that I can't reach, but other people in our church, they can reach them. And, And just be honest, the things that I was afraid of is the things that has opened more doors for us in Pequana than ever before. I was scared to death to preach a funeral. I mean, I, you know, go get somebody else to do them. You know, I told somebody, I said, God didn't call me to bury or marry. I ain't doing either one of them. I've done two of them, got to do them one next year. But since the two funerals, I preached to people at those funerals that I, I was begging to come to church. Got to preach to a bunch of them twice, same family. So I'm asking, like, why are you afraid? And let's not be shy about it. Let's not be, let's not be... Just be open tonight. He's already asked you to do something. Because we wouldn't have the service tonight if the cards are all turned in and we're done. So he wants to speak one more time to you tonight. And I'm just here asking, why are you afraid? I'll show you a few things in Scripture. The word scared, his words scared him. He says he's spoken to them. Is the fact, listen to me, the fact that God has spoke to you has scared you. The fact that God has has whispered unto you, the fact that when you read your Bible, God revealed in your Bible what he wants you to do. He's gave you a verse. Somebody has already said something, maybe preached it. They have sung it or they have come up to you and God has already said, this is what I want you to do. And the voice of God has put you in absolute fear because he has spoke to you. And they got scared when Gideon come to them and told them what God said. I believe the work scared them. I believe when they realized what what God was really wanting them to do, that's not what they wanted. I, I, when we first came up here, um, our, our some of our closest friends were the Ruckmans, and and they Miss Angie she helped my wife out a lot because um, wife's cold natured, Miss Angie's cold natured, and God sent her to Africa. That's hilarious, and. Um, and so she was telling my wife how to, how to do the cold stuff. And then when God called them 
to Africa, guess what Miss Angie started doing? Talking to my wife about what it's like to have to tell your kids goodbye. So we leaned on each other. And, and, and listen to me, the, the work, listen to me, the work can be scary. You know, I mean, just the fact that I got to come up here and, you know, just share some more fears I had. I got to convince a town that God called a blind man to come up here and pastor this church. I was thinking, well, they're never going to believe that. I mean, these are working people. I can't, I, you know, Brother Heath, I can't go plow, plow a field. I mean, I can't do that. I mean, I'd like to go do it, but, you know, but you know, you know what I have learned? Just them seeing me out there shovel. Yeah. They, they know that guy's, guy's blind, but he's dumb too. You look at him out there shoveling. <laughs> I mean, he's, he waves at us every time we come by. And, and God told me, he said, I almost waved back at you. He said, I was thinking, how do he see me? <laughs> Listen to me, the work of God can be scary. I mean, I'm, I've got, you know, I'm carrying burdens. I mean, burdens I didn't know I was supposed to even have. I'm carrying them. Listen to me, it's easy to run from those things. But I want you to understand something. You, you, you're not running from God's work. You're running from God. You, you, you didn't run to him when he called you when under salvation. You ran to him, but now that he wants to do something with your life. You turn, you're, running like, you're just running away from him. I mean, why are you afraid tonight? I believe, the, I believe his will scared him. And I'm going to tell you, the will of God is scary tonight. But it's, it's one of the best things, I'm telling you. It's one of the most, most comforting things I have ever experienced in my life. Um, I'm going to share some more about me. Um, Brother, Brother James knows this. I can't pronounce his last name. I say it wrong. Knitschke. Uh, it's almost like Luitki, Kunitski. I think they're both from the same place. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, why don't you use your cane? Some full of pride. And I, I was, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was, I was so scared to come up here because I, all I knew was for about eight. As soon as my kids got where they could walk and they could understand left, right, and men and well, they still struggle. Men and women rest. They take me in the women's bathroom. But when they got where they could do, I mean, we, uh, am I about to fall off of anything? Uh, our kids were so small that when they, they helped me at a truck, not a truck stop, rest stop, I could hold their hands like that and they were standing tall with their hands above their head. And they would help me. Listen, they, they helped me when we'd stop at rest stops when we're on our way to Maine, on the way back from Maine. And they helped me with everything. And when God said, I want you to go to South Dakota, and I asked him, I said, y'all want to go? And they said, no, we're going to stay here. And I was thinking, how am I going to do things? How am I going to get this done? How am I going to get this accomplished? And listen to me, I'm telling you, fear will come into your life because of the will of God for your life. Listen to me, that's not faith. I weren't trusting that God would do something through my life. I was trusting that I would still be able to manage on my own and still do the will of God. That ain't the will of God. 
God's going to ask you to do something that you can't do so he can get glory out of it. Just like he told Gideon, I want you to reduce the number all the way down and got down to 300 so they can't vaunt, so they can't, they can't get the glory for it, so they can't boast that they're doing these things, so they can't become prideful and say, I accomplished this. It, it, it is difficult sometimes. I mean, you get a phone call and I'm thinking, all right, how am I going to do this? I'm used to it being done this. I'm going to tell you, you you're going to tell God no tonight because you're afraid of his will. You're afraid of what he wants to do with your life. And you, maybe it's because of things that's happened in your past that, that, that you're afraid it's going to happen again. And y'all know, y'all know what I'm fixing. Say, you know, when you love somebody and they, they hurt you, it's, it's hard to go love somebody again. Listen, you know what you're saying is I'll never help nobody. That's all you're saying is I'll never help nobody else. God didn't ask me to do that. I mean, how many times have I hurt God? There, listen to me, there, and, and listen, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know anybody in here enough to know that what I'm fixing to say is attacking nobody, so please don't think I am. There's preachers, they'll, know, they'll never go back and they'll never do work in the ministry again because they got hurt before. And they're afraid, listen to me, they're afraid to serve God because they're afraid of what might happen. Listen to me, you know what they're saying is, I'm, a, I'm afraid God and I'm not going to serve you no more. Listen to me, why are you afraid tonight? They, they, there was, I'll give, you, I'll give you three more about the will of God. They was afraid of the casualties of the will of God. Because listen to me, they're going to be casualties. We, we lost, when I say family, listen to me, and I'm, I'm not talking about um, distant cousins before we came up here. I'm talking about close people that we just, you know, kind of like Abraham, just had to part ways. And some people, they'll say, well, I'd, I'd rather have, and don't you young people listen to me. If you have to have him or her and not God, that's the wrong person. That is absolutely the wrong person. You need to get rid of them. If you, and I'm going to be blunt about it. If your mom and dad ain't told you yet, I'll just look at me. I'll tell you, get rid of them. If they're, if they're not going to let you serve and go with God, tell them goodbye. You want God more than them. And I'll tell you, you have to do that with anybody else in your life. I told our Sunday school class, I remove titles from people. And I, listen, man, I, I would never say anything ugly about my parents, but I, I removed their title that if they ever told me I can't go with God, I'm sorry, I'm going to go with God. I re, if, it's not going to be because of what title you carry. It's I'm going to go with God no matter what. It doesn't matter who it is. I have got to the point, it doesn't matter who it is in my life. I'm going to go with God. I don't care what title you hold before me. That is unimportant to me. What matters to me, and listen to me, that I don't end like Usain Bolt. That I don't run a well race, but I could have accomplished more. That I could, that even though I did finish and I, I finished good, listen to me, finishing good and finishing best are two different things. And if you, want, if you want to settle for what is good but not settle for what is best, you have missed the whole thing tonight. I don't care if you're willing to give $1,000 a month. If God wants you, you have not gave enough tonight. I don't care if you give your whole paycheck tonight. If God said, I want you, you have not gave enough tonight. Why are you afraid tonight? 
They left because they were afraid. And that's it. I mean, if anybody can find any other reason there besides fearful and afraid, please let me know. Just afraid. They was afraid of the cost it was going to carry. I'm going to be honest with y'all. One of the, the hardest rides I have had in my life that I know of, the hardest, was on August the 16th of 2020. Our youngest son, he took our, um, he had my mom with him and our, our Mercury Mountaineer. I know the guys at the shop know which one I'm talking about. It's our SUV. But he had my mom. And Aaron was driving our van, so I decided to ride with our oldest son. And I'm going to be honest, y'all. I ain't ashamed to say it. For 20 minutes, me and him couldn't even speak. We sat and cried for 20 minutes. That's what's going up road. Go to what's happening and say goodbye. But we had to count the cost. And it it wasn't about saying, okay, God, I'm not going to serve you because I want to stay here with our boys. It was, God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. If 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 we have to say goodbye to our kids. And I, I told our boys, I said, if I can't set the example before you when I've been telling you and preaching to you that you got to, you got to go with God no matter what, and I won't do it, I'm not the example before you that I need to be. If I'm going to tell you to give your life to God and you go wherever God wants you to go, I want you to understand that's what your daddy's going to do. And I'm not leaving y'all. I'm just following God. And I want y'all to understand, I want you to follow God just the same as I am following God. If I would have stayed, I'm listening, if I would have stayed, I'd have been out of the will of God, I'd have probably lost them. They'd probably be out in the world today, but they're both married right. They got a grandbaby. We got two grandbabies in heaven. We just found out three weeks ago or they, they had another miscarriage. But listen to me, that just means we got two grandbabies already in heaven waiting on us. They're serving the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, if we would have said no, to God we'd probably never have none of that tonight. I believe that a lot of people they're losing tonight because God is having to drop everything and and just take everything away from you to get everything to the point that you'll finally say God I just give up. I give up. Why are you afraid tonight? Listen to me you know you, you know what he's asked you to do. Your card is turned in. He wants more than that. He wants more than that. I'll give you one more and I'll be done. There's afraid of being committed. And I read this, I read this quote about what being committed is. And we'll be done. A committed life is this. Given to the creator what he created which is you. He created you. And all you're doing is giving to him what he created. And that's all he wants. Listen, he, he, that's, that's all he wants from you tonight. And I want you to think about this. He already knows you. He knows your past tonight. He knows the things that you're going through tonight. He knows your inabilities, disabilities, whatever you want to call them tonight. He knows every one of them. As my pastor told me, God knew you was blind when he called you. 
All God wanted me to do is be committed to him and give, give to him what he created. And I, I want you, I'm going to say this. I want you please understand me. He made no mistake when he created you. He made no mistake wherever you come from, wherever, wherever what you have, wherever what you don't have. He did not make a mistake, and he wants to use you tonight. He wants to do something through you that you cannot do, but he cannot do it unless he has it tonight. And that is you. Listen, I don't know of any other way to end a missions conference except just committing your life to God. And that's it. Listen to me, I, I don't know if God's called you to the mission field and you're scared to tell your parents, you're scared to tell your wife, if you're scared to tell the church. Listen, I, I surrendered in, in September of 06 and I never announced it to the church until October. I'll tell you, I was scared to death. Listen to me, I know what, listen, I'm not, not, I know what I'm talking about tonight. You're afraid tonight. You, you don't want your parents to know because you're afraid they're going to tell you, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to go to Israel. I, I don't want you to go to China. And you're scared to death to tell them that God's called you to a mission field. Maybe you're scared to even tell them that God's called you to preach. Maybe you're scared to tell your wife that, hey, hey God's called us into missions and we're packing up and we're leaving. Or maybe God just wants you to be fully more committed than you've ever been in this church before. And you just don't want to let go of some things. As we stand, a piano player comes tonight. Why are you afraid tonight? Let's pray and preacher, you can come. Let's pray.